When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, True Believers, today you're catching an exclusive preview of our new recap series covering Marvel's What If. Today, Caleb Franz and I discuss the Captain Carter episode, as well as our predictions for the rest of this fantastic season. If you'd like to hear more episodes of this as we cover What If, as well as our back catalog of WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, and more, go check out patreon.com slash secondprintpod. What If has finally arrived. Thank you, true believers, for the What If Recaps, brought to you by the Second Print Comics Podcast. I am always here, always marveling at the content that we can get out to you, our humble patrons, but I can't do it alone today. We've brought him back from the depths of the multiverse, Mr. Caleb Franz. Caleb, What If is here to meet your expectations with this first episode. It is. uh, It is here. I was pretty pleased with it. Um, understandably though, this was the first episode. So I think all of the, the biggest expectations and and the biggest anticipations that I have for it are a little bit further down the line. I always kind of figured that this would be one that would be satisfactory, uh, and enjoyable, maybe not necessarily the most mind blowing or the most like, you know, WTF kind of, uh, kind of episode, but I liked it. Uh, I, 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 overall, I, there were a few minor complaints that I had with it, um, but overall, I thought it was very good. Yeah, I mean, in terms of what we've seen so far, and folks, you can go ahead and listen to all of our Disney Plus Marvel recaps. We've done WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we recently wrapped up Loki. You can go ahead and listen to that entire back archive here on Patreon. But, you know, WandaVision episode one, was really fantastic. Uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, despite not being a super stellar series, the first episode we all gave pretty high marks. Uh, same went for episode one of Loki. Um, for this one, like seeing how it's competing with the trend, I, I'd say it's probably last, but that doesn't mean it's not good. I was pretty happy with it. And I mean, a few things that we have to really kind of lay out on the table. Loki only ended a couple of weeks ago. So we don't have that like month, month and a half space that we did for some of the other series because it's still so fresh in our mind. Secondly, this is the first animated project that is actually tying in to Marvel canon proper. And they really wanted to emphasize this because uh, for all intents and purposes from Kevin Feige, every new character that we meet in this multiverse 
run in what if is going to end up in live action at some point minus maybe star lord chadwick boseman so that means very significant character yeah. that we mean so like captain carter uh you know uh dr strange supreme i think is actually going to be playing a a very significant role in uh, multiverse of madness coming up uh, which makes me very excited. The the Dark Doctor Strange is one of those is is one of the episodes I'm looking most forward to. Um, but but yeah, like I mean, we might not see necessarily like every iteration of every character ever. But uh, it's the main the, ones, the ones all that the are significant important. ones, yeah. Which uh, leads us into the protagonist of this first episode. You went ahead and name dropped. We've got Captain Carter. Um, they, they had been really teasing this for a while. I remember when they first introduced this idea of like a super soldier, Peggy Carter. It was in the Contest of Champions Marvel mobile video game. They threw her into a Exiles limited series a few years ago, which actually brought her into the Marvel Comics world. And so far, much like Spider-Gwen, who started off as a as a, you know, a variant cover of an issue of Deadpool, I think um, she, she's really, you know, taken fans by storm especially in the cosplay community. So it was only a matter of time before she ended up in the show. Um, for all intents and purpose, I think this was probably the best way to start because I'm, I'm kind of biased. Um, the first Avengers, one of my favorite Marvel films is probably yeah, in my top five. I think it's a little bit underrated, but um, it was really nice to see that juxtaposition between where they're changing things and that nostalgia factor of getting to see the moments we loved in that film brought back to life. And I think that's, what's really going to be the strength of the series, understanding that the base of people watching this grew up with this, from probably like the age of 11, 12, um, you know, like us up until their, their mid to late 20s. So like, we know these scenes, we remember those moments. And I think that's, what's really going to help it. Uh, what were your first impressions? Do you think this was the best start for it? Or do you think maybe, you know, they're, they're trying to start a little bit lower because that was the complaint of some people. They're like, why did they choose the first Avenger? Why didn't they go in like chronological order? And I'm like, shut up and watch and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought uh, starting in this place was actually a really smart location to start. Um, it's the one that's like chronologically, it's the one that's the most, you know, furthest in the past. Um, and I do think that they are going somewhat chronologically uh, to some extent. Uh, there might be some, you know, iterations, but generally speaking, I think that they are uh, trying to do things uh, as they happen for the most part. Um, and I really, uh, I really like seeing Captain Carter. I, I think so, you know, this is something that I know that you and I, I don't know if we've discussed this like on any of these episodes, but I know that we've discussed it off, off air. Um, and like Marvel has sometimes struggled with trying to find that right balance of like female empowerment without becoming like really preachy and, and really overbearing with it. And I felt like this episode with, with Captain Carter really struck that balance. Well, it didn't um, feel woke. It didn't No, it, it felt like, you know, there were some comments from like the general uh, or the Colonel or, or whoever it was. Uh, but you know, it, it, it made sense in the context of the time and, and everything like that. Um, if it like, happened in today's world it might feel like maybe a little bit forced but like back then yeah that's absolutely things that would have been said to someone someone like her 
Um, and she wasn't trying to be like, uh, I, I think what really stuck out that made me really like it a lot was she, she wasn't necessarily trying to be the female Captain America. She was just trying to be a hero and that's it, you know? Uh, and she, she did it really, really well. Um, and, uh, you know, we can get into some of the, some of the plot points. I will say, uh, I had, I think two major criticisms that I, I, I want to kind of get out, um, at the get go. The first oh, being the be run, interesting. the first being the runtime. I thought it, it like they, cr- they crammed all of the first Avenger, uh, basically, uh, into 30 minutes. And I thought that was a bit too quick. And even like whenever they were giving some of the dialogue, it was just like super, super fast. Um, it, it was truncated, especially the parts with um, with, with the Red Skull. Uh-huh. And I mean, Hugo Weaving, I, I think it's really, um, you know, it's really disappointing that Hugo Weaving never came back to do yeah. another Marvel film. I mean, he's yeah. really the king of the nerds. And uh, that, that was kind of disappointing because they got some other guy to basically give like more or less a lackluster evil Nazi scientist type of voice. And, um, you know, that, that was a little bit disappointing because they got the look of him. They got the feel of the red skull, but it wasn't, you could tell it wasn't Hugo weaving. Unlike the guy who was the voice of Steve Rogers. I genuinely thought that was Chris Evans. It did sound, it was, he did very well. I I really liked the, the Hydra buster, uh, plot line through, or the Hydra stomper plot line, uh, through that as well. Um, but, but that actually brings up to my second major point. The first being the red time. I thought it was a little bit too short and everything that they were trying to cram, cram into it, even like, it didn't have to be an hour long episode, even if they gave it like an extra 15, 10, 15 minutes, I felt like that would have given it more time, especially the dialogue scenes. Uh, because obviously the action scenes were hot and heavy, which was probably one of the better aspects of this, of this episode. Um, but the dialogue seeds, I, I felt like needed a little bit more time to breathe and to sit in. Um, so even if they gave it an extra 10, 15 minutes to just let those, you know, those scenes kind of marinate a little bit, um, that I think would have worked to its benefit. And then the second thing was that I really felt like I, I was really excited to see the Red Skull come back. I, I've always felt like he is such an underrated villain within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and one that does not get nearly enough praise. I thought he was great in the first Avenger, and I was I was so happy to see him come back in Infinity War, and I was really excited to see him back in his like you know glory days as the Red Skull uh, in the 1940s, and I felt like they kind of wasted him because uh, they just kind of like killed him off pretty quickly. I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think to, that to was disagree. kind of disappointing to me. It wasn't it wasn't like the end of the world or anything like I understand, like everything they had to try to do. I just kind of wish that they did a little bit more with him. Yeah. And, and I disagree kind of on on both parts of it in terms of the runtime and those scenes where it's like if they had just spent a little bit more time, this would have really delivered. The runtime actually makes me remember what it was like reading a lot of those what if comics, because here you are like Age of Ultron, uh, Annihilation, Civil War. You have these things that are going on from like, you know, five to a dozen issues. And what they're really focusing on is one major you know, I'll call it like a crisis point. That's where everything yeah. turns into like the, the what if sphere. And 
they really tried to focus on just the moments that would have been changed the most drastically. So even with the comics, and I guess that would be a complaint of mine. It was always like, Oh, why can't they spend an extra issue doing this? So at least they could flush it out. So I think it's one of those moments where it's like, it's in the tradition of what if, because I think to the writer's credit, going back all the way to the comics, it really is one of the most playful things that these writers can do because it's basically fiction writers writing fan fiction. So what it allows you to do is really think about those blind spot moments where it's like, Oh, if they had done this, how would that have worked out? I I would have wanted to see, um, they, they, they basically showed all the, all the major parts, but I would have wanted to see the part where, um, uh, I, I think it was Peggy goes on the USO tour. I was really upset that they didn't do that. They never showed a USO Peggy. And they, they obviously explain why they're not going to put Captain Carter up there because she's a woman and they wanted a guy to do it. So that's one of those yeah. scenes where it's like they made fun of it enough, but it's almost like uh, I would have liked to have seen how it would have been on the USO tour. That was one of the funniest moments of the first Avenger. But um, so I'll, I'll defend the shorter runtime in that. I, I get where you're coming from, but I think it was short and simple, especially if how long it takes them to make each animated episode um in, in terms of you, you know the can i just the, make a, yeah. a point on that real quick I, yeah. I i do think that like i like i'm not looking for these episodes to be like an hour long each you know uh, but like given the circumstance of you know i i don't think it it needs or warrants like a full-length feature film or even an hour um but i do think given that this was the the episode that they were kicking the show off. And I have heard reviews about how this is more of um, an issue with this episode and not in particular with future episodes. I like a future episodes going to be longer. Uh, no, no. As in like, it, it's better paced uh, oh, okay. within the 30 minute time frame, mostly because after that, you know, Nexus event um, that uh, that's it, the it, term. Yeah, it creates it creates like a completely separate, completely different reality uh, from what we're used to seeing in the movies. Whereas this one stuck pretty well to what we've experienced in the in the first adventure. So I I do think that that complaint of mine is more specific to this episode. Uh, We'll kind of see how that plays out with with other episodes. But I think given given the fact that it was the premiere, maybe we could have been treated to you know, five, 10 extra minutes to, to kind of let certain scenes marinate a little bit more. I don't want it to be too much longer, just, just enough to, to let us breathe a little bit. Yeah. And and that's what brings me to my disagreement on the other point, as much as I would have loved to have seen more red skull as we've both emphasized, I think the one thing that is here to benefit longtime MCU fans and maybe to the detriment of people who always come on for the next Marvel project. So assuming that this is maybe somebody's first Marvel show film ever. Um, I think they're leaning on the fact that we're already really familiar with these characters. So what they really want to do is they want to emphasize really those, those Nexus events where it's like, where, where are the bigger changes? Like when Red Skull brings out the, the Hydra Kraken, you know, he, he gets kind of tossed around and then the Nazis basically lose control of it. Like they really wanted to emphasize on how is, um, you know, skinny Steve in, in the Hydra Stomper suit and Captain Carter, how are they going to deal with this in the, in the Howling Commando? So they really want to emphasize that change unless what we're already pretty familiar with, with Red Skull. I will say that the inclusion 
of that of the guy who was in charge of the SSR. I don't know if he was the colonel or the general. He was kind of forgettable. I don't remember him in the first film at all. Uh, the guy who uh, the guy who was giving Peggy a hard time. About yeah, it. yeah. So I, I looked not, into that. He, he, was, he wasn't. Who was the he guy? wasn't in. He wasn't in the first Avenger. So he I don't wasn't. Think. So he wasn't the dude from Men in Black. No. Who played that no. general? No. No. I I think if actually, oops. Um, I knocked my microphone off the table almost. Um, I think that uh, if if you notice in the first opening sequence where you know the explosions are going off and everything's going wrong and everything like that, um, the Tommy Lee Jones character actually gets sh- shot by the by the Hydra agent, um, and it's a very quick, very quick uh, thing. So you might have to go back and watch it, but I do believe that was him who got shot by. That, ma- that makes a lot of sense because he wore that he wore that. Uh, green uniform Mm -hmm. that is different than the one that this Colonel wears. And uh, yeah, because I know where like they kind of shoot Erskine like Mm -hmm. off, off camera, like you hear him and stuff. Um, That's why they never show him. I'm wondering if it was more of like a story device or if it was also because they couldn't get the rights to the likeness of either actor, like Stanley Tucci and uh, Tommy Lee Jones, because it is Stanley Tucci's voice, it is, but they yeah. couldn't show him. So I'm wondering if maybe there's a reason why they also like really in a flash showed, um, you know, Tommy Lee Jones character, but they don't actually show or have you hear him. I wonder if that yeah. was maybe it. I, I'm not sure. I do know that um, the character that was used was in either like a Marvel one shot or maybe he was like something involving uh, Peggy that was like just kind of a one-off. I can't remember if it was like part of the agent Carter show. Did you watch that? uh, I didn't watch. I I didn't watch it. (laughs) No, I didn't. I wanted to try to get into it, especially because it didn't last very long. And I was like, Oh, okay. So this is something that, you know, and if I, I feel like if there was anything that could be incorporated from those old like ABC television days, it was probably going to be that one. Um, but until Feige indicates that that's his plan, then, you know, I'm not going to worry too much about it. There are a lot of people who are upset because like it seems that the you have a large majority of MCU fans who really don't have a soft spot for any of the ABC shows. I'll even throw in Inhumans because that was universally hated, but I I understand why (laughs) bringing in like this new Captain Carter variant is probably like a nice way to bring Peggy back into the MCU without having really to address a, you know, Peggy Carter or agent Carter, whatever the show was called, because like, yeah, you know, she's interesting enough. Like Haley Atwell's an amazing actress. I'm always oh, I, happy. I, I loved, yeah. I loved her character uh, from uh, from the moment I I saw her in in the first Avenger. I thought she was great, and and I was more than happy to keep getting you know more of her. I thought she was one of the more the strong one of the stronger female leads that um, that Marvel has introduced. Yeah, if scrapping uh, Agent Carter means we get to see more of Peggy in the MCU. I'm pretty cool with that. Yeah, that's that's fine with me. Um, anyway, uh, completely. Oh yes, uh, this this guy uh, was in either that or it was like a Marvel one shot. Um, so there is precedent for him uh, in the MCU. It's just not like strong precedent, but it was enough to bring him back. Yeah, and I um, 
I'm, I'm happy we got to see, you know, the Howling Commander Commandos. I was always kind of upset that we didn't get to see more of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, the guy that too. plays Dum Dum Dugan from yeah. uh, <laughs> what was that show? Uh, Justified on FX. And he was mm-hmm. unjustified. That was really cool. I just think this is going to be a, a big nostalgia fest for a lot of people. I know that each series has really been, you know, made in the way that they want to keep bringing in new people, but they still have to give, you know, existing MCU fans uh, a lot more of that, like, story building process that we want. But this is really the series where it's like, if you've never seen a Marvel movie, I don't know how long it's going to take me to explain half this stuff for you. Because just the fact that What If is now a show, and it also is not only part of the MCU, but also setting up future films. This is really that point for fans where it's like, you need to either go back and watch everything or you're not going to understand anything going forward because this has gotten real meta. So, you know, I feel like we've crossed that threshold a long time ago. That's always been like one of, one of the things that's uh, one of those complaints from like, critics or or something that's always kind of annoyed me like oh well you have to watch all these other ones to be able to keep up with like infinity war like whenever that came out and i'm like well yeah that's kind of the point of this whole thing it's like this isn't meant to be just a one-off movie this is i think it was creation of an entire universe like it was creating excuses for lazy people who yeah it's like no just go watch the movies it's like you can the thing is is like i feel like these like you'll definitely feel a more enriching experience if you watch these films, but it, like to say that you wouldn't get anything out of like infinity war in game. If you only watch that one, I, if you only watch one of those, I think is just not accurate at all. I, you know, they're still really good movies in spite of like all the precedent that comes before them. And I feel like that's the case with all of these shows as well. And if you're too lazy to go watch all the other ones, then, you know, don't pick it up or do it. it I don't really care. It, like, I've, I've stopped caring about, like, what uh, non, like, fans who's, like, just watching it for the first time, if they just come in, like, and and check out this show and this is their first uh, experience of the MCU, like, just just go watch Iron Man 1 and start from scratch and, <laughs> and get all caught up. Like, I, I'm... I'm uh, I'm not really concerned about those people anymore. Yeah, like there seems to be this this mindset within Hollywood critics where it's like you know the, these comic book films are still just a fad, and it's yeah. not like they haven't made billions of dollars, and every mm-hmm. A list actor is screaming to voice. Yeah, exactly. Like, somebody. who on earth hasn't seen these movies at this point? Like, it's not like this is just some uh, like you know small B list you know budget film these like it's avengers endgame was literally for a, a good amount of time the the most profitable movie ever made so like who are we catering to <laughs> whenever you're saying like well you know if you haven't seen this then it might not uh, connect for you or something like that yeah and i mean i think what this show is really going to do is it's going to be a great bridging period between where phase four has kind of teased us with the show so far and where we're going with really um i, I mean pe- the people are weighing what, what's going to be more important doctor doctor strange and multiverse of madness or spider-man no way home i i lean on the fact that doctor strange and the multiverse of madness be doctor strange yeah. it, it's got to <laughs> be him because you know spider-man no way home doesn't matter if that film doesn't matter but 
um, you know, what, what I really love about this is the fact that we kind of get a break from having to worry about things too much week to week, which as much as I love that to go from the last three shows to here, I think is nice. I love vignette storytelling in this context. And what I really loved about the beginning and the end of this first episode is they've really kind of set up the flow. Jeffrey Wright is the watcher. He is great. So good. So good. So good. Yeah. And HBO Max actually confirmed that he's going to be voicing Bruce Wayne Batman. I don't know if it's a, if it's a, if it's an original podcast. I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. That's going to be a gritty Batman. Yeah. I love Jeffrey Wright. I think he's so cool. Um, And something else that I, I do think is going to work to the show's benefit is it will serve as an enriching experience but not necessarily required, um, even though, like, if, like, you hear it from Kevin Feige or someone like that, like, of course they're going to say it's required so they can get you to, yeah. you know, get your butts to sit down and watch well, the Avi Arad show. used to say that the amazing Spider-Man films took place between scenes in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah. Like, so, like, they'll, they'll say almost anything to get yeah, you like, to watch they, it. They just, they just want you to watch it. But, like, I, I don't think that you're going to have to watch What If to be able to connect the dots if, like, Peggy Carter, uh, if, like, Captain Carter or Doctor Strange Supreme show up in Multiverse of Madness. I don't think you're going to have to need that. But I do think it will enrich the experience once they jump into uh, live action, which is is pretty nice because a lot of these MCU shows are very, like, you have to know like everything. And I just feel like a lot of what's happening here, you don't necessarily have to see everything to be able to, to get the full experience of it. Um, and I mean, it's and, most comparable, like star Wars, the clone wars rebels. Yeah. And then yeah. the Mandalorian season two. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you don't necessarily have to like everyone knows who Ahsoka Tano is or, you know, you, not everyone might not know who Bo-Katan is, but you pick up pretty quickly, you know, their significance in, in the show. And I feel like that's going to be the same case with, uh, with wherever these characters show up, whether it be in Dr. Strange or Quantumania uh, or, you know, wherever else it might be. Yeah. And as I was saying about Jeffrey Wright, like they really want him to be like the the Rod Serling Twilight mm-hmm. Zone narrator. If they can have him as the watcher, as a Watu the watcher specifically, be like the glue between all of these films. Give me more. I want to hear those monologues. Also, Everyone shut up and just let the man talk. And also just like the idea, the concept of like an MCU Twilight Zone. Isn't that just like so exciting to <laughs> to think about and 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 honestly that's like like i thought this episode was great um aside from a few very minor critiques like the things i said about the runtime and about the red skull and everything like that very minor i enjoyed this show uh tremendously i thought the action was actually really brutal it was uh, like which that was, scene where she takes out the nazis in the truck mm-hmm. That was some pretty hardcore stuff. They didn't even get that far in the planes. Yeah, yeah. And and I thought, actually, the first Avenger was uh, pretty, like, a lot more brutal than what a lot lot of people remember it to be. I think all of these Captain America films are. Um, I think that it's like the... The glow of and the the film of uh, the the forties aesthetic kind of 
allows people to forget that Captain America threw someone into a <laughs> into a helicopter blade <laughs> in that movie, and you just saw a, a, a spraying blood just come right out of the of the blade. His motorcycle um, had a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that was a pretty brutal uh, war movie, actually. Um, but. But no, I, I thought that like the, the brutality of it, and I think we're going to get a lot more of that, which is, is pretty exciting. Um, but I, I did think it was a little bit um, safe for the first episode, I will say, which is fine. Like it, like I like that familiar, you know, being familiar while also being exciting and showing new things. But the things that I'm really looking forward to in this show, are like I mentioned earlier, you know, where we can get really Twilight Zone with it, like Dark Doctor Strange, like the real Age of Ultron, or like Marvel Zombies. Like those are the episodes that that really excite me and really get me going about about the potential for this show. Yeah, and I'd be doing a disservice if I also didn't mention this is also Chadwick Boseman's last performance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. He's supposed to be in four episodes, apparently, which um, I'm glad you brought that up because this roundabout kind of. Wait, they're going to interlock? Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you brought this up because I was. uh, I uh, this kind of comes to a theory of mine way to happen that this show is going to be three to four episodes are going to be a continuous story that it's not going to be one big overarching, you know, storyline that goes through the entire series, but you're going to have about three or four different universes where this, uh, where the watcher is going to follow and the things that happen in say, you know, the first or second episode, you'll see the, the next episode, the next follow-up for that. Um, and, you know, three or four episodes down the road. Um, because we do see in the trailers, we do see like Dr. Strange Supreme interacting with Captain Carter. We do see certain characters that we know are going to be in very distinct episodes interacting with other characters who are going to be in other distinct episodes, uh, like, like Star Lord, uh, Chadwick, uh, you know, Star Lord, uh, uh, T'Challa, uh, with um, Black Star Lord. Black Star Lord, yeah, um, <laughs> with uh, with Black Panther Killmonger uh, in the lineup where uh, they switched out the uh, the Avengers lineup and the original Avengers with like uh, Killmonger, Gamora, uh, Star Lord as T'Challa, and Party Thor, um, and and are they so actually that, calling him that? Yes, that's his that's name is Party calling. Thor. Yep, My gosh, um, and. Kenneth Branagh is looking at this new age of Thor. Like I tried to make it a Victorian <laughs> Shakespearean tragedy and they made him a joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that there's going to be three or four storylines that we're going to follow in this show. Um, one of which is going to culminate in like age of Ultron. One of which is going to culminate in Marvel zombies. One of which is con- going to culminate in, uh, whatever other, you know, whatever other storyline they're going to do. And then eventually, because uh, they teased this a while ago, too, we're going to get the Guardians of the Multiverse. 
Oh, damn. If you, if, do you recall seeing that uh, poster? It was like an official Marvel poster that they, put I didn't know if, this. I didn't know if that was actually teasing to something specifically they would do or if it was just promo material. Uh, I mean, like, there was no official word on that, but it was more or less confirmation, especially with everything else that they've said in light of, like, yes, this is canon. Yes, you're going to see these characters cross over. Um, and the, I think the biggest question is, is how many of these storylines are we going to see tie into a nice bow by the end of the season? And how many of these storylines are going to be continued into season two of, of this show? I think there's going to be a good number that will tie into a nice bow. Like, I think there's going to be quite a few apocalyptic episodes, which just makes me very giddy to think about. Maybe uh, we'll see Sylvie jump into those. Perhaps, you know, Maybe. you never know. Uh, I think that the Loki, the end of Loki and, and the show are going to tie together uh, a lot, um, it, whether it be directly or indirectly. Um, but it's all very exciting. I have a lot of anticipation about this. Um, I think that, you know, the Ultron episode and the Marvel zombie episodes are, are going to be my two most anticipated for this, which I think are going to be probably like the two last episodes of the show personally. Um, but it's, it's a 12 episode season, nine, nine episodes. That's still more than what we've been getting. So, I mean, since, this is, uh, since this is going to be division. Yeah. Well, nine weeks leading into this, and then it's just Marvel movie back after back, after back, after back, we're beyond spoiled. Yep. Caleb, we will touch bases next week. Will Howard the Duck defeat Thanos? What is the real age of Ultron? Are those Marvel zombies coming at us? Or a universe near you? All we can ask is what if. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.